somewhere in the Houston Midtown area. It's to sit down with Slick Vic. Welcome everyone, it's to sit down with Slick Vic. Coming to you live from the infamous Parkland West in Aleve, Texas. The neighborhood that I grew up in and the neighborhood that my current guest grew up in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Eric Espinoza, a.k.a. Crook. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, what's up, Victor? How you doing? Good, good. Well, you know, I've known you for a long time. You know, yes, we grew up in the same neighborhood, but, uh, you know, those people out in the world don't know too much about you. So you grew up in Houston, but you weren't born in Houston, correct? Correct. You Where were you, where were you born? I was born in Cameron County, Texas. Where the hell is that? I have no idea. <laughs> never went back. I never huh? went back. I, I I I just know I was born there, <laughs> and my birth certificate says Cameron County, Texas, and that's it. Nice, nice. Um, so what what brought what brought you to A Leaf? Well, uh, I was born in Cameron County. Then then we went to uh, Northeast over there, all the mail route, uh, okay. pre K. So I remember that. So after pre K, we went to Southwest. Um, I was just going to Smith Elementary, Smith Sharks, first grade, fifth, up to fifth, you know what I mean? And then uh, you were like me. You went to the infamous uh, Ali Middle School, correct? I went to Ali. Ali Owls. Ali, Ali Wood. Owls. <laughs> yeah. Well, my generation was uh, 1990, 1991 is when I went to Ali. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are a little bit older than, you're like, uh, well, like about five, I think, five years older than five I am. Years. I'm 42. Yeah. Yeah, about five years on me. Mm. Um, so talk a little bit about how it was at that time growing up in uh, in A-Leaf, in Parkland West, uh, I guess in the late 80s for you. Well, well, throughout my elementary years, you know, everything was like 80s. You know what I mean? Like you, you watch movies about the 80s and, and that's how it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but you know, so up to fifth grade, sixth grade, it was like like skaters. You know, always wanted to be a skater. I thought skating was like really that was cool. already big in the eighties. Yeah, it was pretty big. And uh, so from Smith Elementary, I went to Ali. So it was like that's where never the shit hit the ceiling. You know why? Why is that? What, what? Transitioning to uh, middle school. Which, yeah, that could, that could be a little you tough. Know, it was older people, but everything was gangs. Everything was gang related. You know, um, SWC and BD w- was the two biggest gangs that I knew growing up, watching these gang fights every day in, in, in middle school, straight from elementary. So that was a, a trip for me. You know, I remember uh, when I was growing up. Um, definitely, there was uh, there was there was gangs around, but. I think by the time I started growing up, there was it was dying down a little bit. Um, but I know during your time, it was it was a little bit bigger. Were you ever like curious or tempted to kind of, you know, kind of go down that gang life? Really, what it was is that when I got there uh, in sixth grade, my, my homeboy Omar would call him Flaco. He took me in. He saw me in the, in the hallway. He was like, "Come here, little brother." You know, in Spanish, he was like, "Come canalito, come here," and I guess they were cholos because the way they dressed, khakis and, and you know everything was gangsted out. And I stuck to his side, but it was a race war. It's like you you either you gotta pick your side of race. It's like if you were in jail, it was weird because it, you know there was fights every day. You know, black versus Mexicans. That was uh, a way of life. It didn't make me you know want me to 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 join a gang, but I was like forced to be like, hey, do I gotta be tough out here? You know what I mean? I can't act weak because uh, look what I see. You know, I, I, do I have to be tough? So, and it was. I had to grow up to be tough because the environment was tough already. So it kind of it kind of helped shape mold who who you are today. Basically, right? you know, I had no choice because I was I've been in this neighborhood. I grew up in this neighborhood and in, in elementary, then going to uh, middle school, Ollie. Six, seven, and eighth, three years. That was just pure gangster shit. Was the main issue and beefs? Was that main mainly like a racial thing, like blacks versus Mexicans, right? Gang, yeah. It was a lot of black versus Mexicans. It was gangs. A lot of Mexicans didn't like cholos. Cholos was the number one hated gang. But I wasn't part of a gang. I was from Park Glen. I've always said, you know, my neighborhood is Park Glen. That's where I'm from. That's my set. Right. Right. 
And that's and that's kind of the way it should be, right? No, everyone should be proud of where they're from, right? Everyone should be proud of their neighborhood. You you gotta love thy neighbor, right? Like yes, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got beef in your own hood, like you're you're just gonna have a shitty time, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're gonna not enjoy coming home and have to worry about your neighbors and all that. Talk about a little bit about how the diversity of a leaf kind of maybe maybe that played a role, right? And and you not kind of falling into that bullshit, that, 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 that racial tension, because, you know, you were surrounded by black people and Asian people, uh, Indian people. Like we have so many d- different uh, cultures here in Ailey's. Yeah. Um, middle school, it was black and, and, and Mexicans. That's was it. There was really a couple of Orientals and a, and a couple of white dudes, but that wasn't really like diversity as much as when I got into high school. Okay. You know, when I went to high school, that's just when those Orientals, I started seeing more Orientals. The Orientals hung out in their little corner and the whites and everybody hung out with everybody. But, you know, like, like, like true, true, like people that like immigrants, like, you know, the Nigerians and, and then the Orientals and the Mexicans, they all had their own clique. But, you know, everybody hung out with everybody. My best friend is black. So, I was just hanging with people that I grew up with from elementary, right, and middle right. school, and high school. So, so, Ali Middle School, Smith Elementary, and then high school. Um, where'd you go, Elsick or Hastings? Hastings, Hastings that's, South. That's very unfortunate. That, <laughs> that's very Hastings unfortunate. Bears. Go Rams. Um, of course. You a Ram? Yeah, of course, oh, man. man. I want to just say go Rams for no reason. And, and really? if, just to clarify, you know, uh, there's a huge rivalry. Between mm-hmm. Elsick and Hastings, I mean, those schools are literally, a, a te- you know, right next to each other, and they share like uh, uh, the annex building. So, ooh, yeah. annex building. Hey, you know what? The, uh, the remember that cheeseburger, the bacon burger that was at the annex. Oh, you know, yeah, like the, 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 the annex used to have like uh, better food, right? Than than like the, the other the other buildings. Yeah. Um, what happened is that uh, I used to skip and I just go to to the annex just to get that burger, bro. <laughs> you know, it was a bacon burger. I used to smoke my little bud and shit. I don't know how to say that. Of course. Oh, okay. I'm over yeah. here dropping f bombs. So come on. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, I used to get smoked out, and then we used to just like eat the burgers and skip school during high school. So yeah, yeah, I remember the annex, man. That was that was pretty cool. So you brought it up, smoking weed. Um, how, how did that come about? How long have you been smoking? Man, it, it first started. Uh, I was like. Wow, it was I? I was probably like fifteen. You know, maybe ninth, the summer of eighth grade, going to the ninth. This dude had a joint. I forget who had a joint. I don't know. We used to hang out with Robert Ramirez, uh, some homeboys that were they were Bloods okay. from the other side of Parkland. Those, you know, they were older than us and they had access to weed. And also Tito, Alex's brother, rest in peace, Alex and his brother Tito. So they were older than us, so they already had like weed. One day, they pull out a joint. I hit, I smoked it, and I hit it, but I wasn't really high until I smoked a Swisher. Ooh, you got blunted, huh? I got, yeah, when I, <laughs> when I first smoked a Swisher, that's when I really got high. I remember that, because the joint was like, it didn't do nothing to me, but when I smoked a blunt, that was that made me into a smoker. And, oh, man, I was young, man. I was just... just just so little, was was it like peer pressure or hell no? Nah, it was <laughs> it was just for fun because you know we always want you know growing up you you start being curious about certain things like first started you know a cigarette like you used to see it in the movies and you want to try it like what the hell is this cigarette oh is? you wanted to be cool I wanted to be cool <laughs> so I wanted to try a cigarette so after a cigarette I wanted to see what a, what a beer could do I, I get you man you know it's funny you say that I'm kind of the same way. I remember the first time I smoked, uh, I smoked a joint, but it was like way later in my life. I was like, uh, like 17 or 18. Uh, I was in uh, Austin and uh, I used used to think it's a mind thing. I was like, no, man, you're like, all my buddies were smoking. And I was like, no, like, it's a mind thing. Like, if you smoke, you can control it. So I think the first time I kind of just bullshit puffed it. um, And it, it, like, like you, it didn't really do shit for me. But uh, it wasn't until... (laughs) <laughs> until I smoked a blunt um, in, in this very location we are here uh, I had a shed in the corner over there and uh, me and my buddy we used to hang out every day after school uh, this is like se- senior year in high school mm. and uh, I just remember him going uh, 
he and he used to always fuck with me. He used to always be like, just try it, just try it. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. no, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. I've 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 already tried it. It didn't work. Mm. I told him he was like, you know, just try it. If you try it, I will never ask you to do it again. Mm. And so I tried it. Oh my god, I got so goddamn high. Well, well, how'd you get Was it a bong or joint? No, it was a blunt. It was a blunt. It was, was a blunt. blunt. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blunt. So, hey, why uh, the blunts always will get you? Yeah, man. Like, oh. it's, I guess it's just because you're inhaling so much smoke, right? I don't know. Um, it was. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, like that. That kind of you know led me to eventually do many things. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, and I guess, line. And I guess in you know they say it's a gateway, and you know for me, I guess it was because. Um, after that, I went and did everything under the sun. But for you, like after you smoked, did that ha- kind of happen? Like after you were like, oh, well, let's see what, uh, like, let's see what else this does. Or let's see what this does. Actually, man, it was crazy because it first started with my, uh, a cigarette. You know, I wanted to see what a cigarette does. And then I wanted to see what beer could do. And then once I found out what beer could do, it was like you were moving up the ladder because you were right. getting older and you the people you were around. It, it was it was peer pressure because when you got people that you grew up with and they're offering you this and that and then you're watching them because you're part of, a, uh, you know, your crew. You know, you become who you, who you hang out with. And I basically hung out with my friends and it's just we all just started smoking and drinking at the same time. It was like a cool thing to do. So yeah. it was... Uh, you can say it was somewhat of a prayer pressure. You know, I was young, you know, um, but then it just it just started from like beard and then then weed, then then after weed you start working up your the ladder, like going into more harder stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, I mean it it, it definitely uh, like a little snowball turning into an avalanche, right? It just it just picks up sp- speed going down the mountain. Talk a little bit about. Uh, like how how did did when you, when you were in high school, were you getting into any disciplinary problems, or were you like a good kid, or yeah, I, mean, I was getting into fights in the principal's <laughs> office and shit with BJ, even BJ, BJ Hudick, uh, Red Van's brother, rest in peace. We got in a fight, man, in the office, man, me and him, VJ. In the office. In the office, man. We how the hell did that happen? In- and it, it was we had class together, you know, and but I guess he just didn't like it. He was writing bulls. During that time, so he used to walk in with his skinny jeans, his Wranglers, <laughs> and his boots, and we used to get in the fights right there, man. And I got—I don't know what was wrong with me, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was getting into fights, you know, uh, smoking, smoking in the classrooms, selling three for fives, Ooh, you know, selling, selling drugs, you know. So, th- I mean, that's kind of like the evolution of it, right? You, you kind of first you try it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I like this. You start smoking a little bit more. But eventually, like, and, and, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I can I can relate. Um, I always say that a lot of it uh, was due to the fact of where we were from and who we knew, right? Like, our neighborhood was just flooded with dealers, right? Like, every, damn near every street had a guy you know that had that had something for sale right did you did you find that growing up as well yeah i mean um we used to hang out in my front yard and people that i grew up with would just, would just post up in my house we would just hang out you know smoke drink or whatever to get to your high yeah. whatever they were doing you know what i mean they could be xed out i was smoking a lot of uh, weed and drinking you know but then it started as time passed it just started you know Picking up on stupid things that I shouldn't have done, but you know it was all learning lessons. You know we all learn and we and we and we grow and move on. But um, yeah, it, it it was it was dealers everywhere. It was it was like you're in the mix. I mean, how can you not step out the front door and avoid it because your friend that you grew up with is around it and you're and they bring girls with them. Oof. So the girls really was also another. Reason why to even like pussy temptation, man. man, man it's very know. strong, very powerful. And girls were out there, man. Just, <laughs> you know, just just to get, you know get your hands on a freak. Yeah, you know, I mean, every week or every day, you know, uh, that was like, you know, women. I love women, you know, and and, and they and hey, I love women. I mean, it's the, it's been the downfall of many men. <laughs> it can be, and it, it has can, been. And, and yeah, I mean, it's all about. I mean, I'm not blaming women, folks. Like women are awesome, you know. But it, it, it depends on what kind of woman, right? Just like it depends on the man, it depends on the woman. Women right? are crazy, man. And, and and they can be helpers, they can be enablers, right? 
And they're crazy. I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 42 years old. I'm still having heartbreaks over these girls. They're breaking my heart, man. <laughs> That's why I tell my son. He's telling me he's in love at 18. I'm like, son, stop it. Because when I was 18, I was just. Has well, he had his heart broken yet? Yes. And he, and he never had, never had, you know, made out with the girl. But I told her, I told him, I said, hey, man, stop. It's going to happen again. Look at me. They're still doing it to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're heartbreakers, man. I'm telling you, these girls know how to do that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, tough. So you're in high school. Uh, you know, you're using drugs. You're selling a little bit of weed here and there. Um, what, what happened after uh, after high school? At the high school, I, during high school, I went to boot camp. Boot camp? Uh, I went to Harris I, I County boot camp. What was that for? Well, that was because I was smoking weed on probation. Oof. And I hit a cop. And and during during my high school year, you hit a cop. I I, I kicked and pushed a cop because he need my brother in the balls Oof. over there in the Parkland on the on the other side of Parkland. What were y'all doing? This is Parkland West, so we were on the other side of Parkland. Well, we were just uh, we used to break into vacant houses and and, <laughs> and, and, and smoke out the closets. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. We were going every vacant house we saw. We got inside of it. We 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 we. Find a way, open the window, he's get in there, get drunk, bring girls, smoke out, smoke out the closets, smoke blunts. You're talking about just, just have fun. Mm-hmm. So I went to, uh, one day we got busted walking down the street by this uh, officer McCord always bother, bothered us. We were in a big, we were a big group in Parkland. It was like 20 of us out on the street walking. Well, they pulled us to the side. They said, hey, they checked us. And, and it was wintertime, I remember, because um, we all had big, like, big NFL starter jackets. And they checked my brother, and they found a bong on him. And once they found a bong a on bong? him. <laughs> yeah, a green bong. One, that's my bong, too. So he had it. So, uh, and then once they found the bong, they need my brother in a, uh, in a nuts. And when I saw that, I was like, man, I pushed him. I kicked him. to get off my brother. And then he started chasing me, and I ran, but he couldn't keep up because I was so young. Right. And I turned back, and I, saw I was smoking this dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, but they caught you, though, right? But, but no, I left. I left, oh. and I came back home. I never went to jail. I was just like a tender age of 17. So, And then I went, I went home, and I said, Mom, I said, hey, the, it, my Bito isn't, isn't going to jail. He, the cops have him. And she was like, oh, for real? Let's go, whatever. But, we did. We thought the cops were gone when, or whatever. So I showed up with my mom, and there goes the fucking cops, and just grabbed me and choked me and put me in jail for what I've done. And that's wow. when I first time went to Harris County Jail. First went to Macawa, then I went to jail, and in Harris County Jail. And uh, hmm. did, did what was the reason for going to boot camp today? Was that hmm. part of the the plea bargain, or what, what happened? So with that? so I went to jail. They gave me a a, a year of probation. Which is a trap for those of you that don't know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and and then um, before I even saw my PO, I was smoking weed, and she asked me if I smoke weed and if I do drugs. I go yeah, and then I took a P test, and I got locked up for a P test, and I went to boot camp for it. Wow! During high school, is it like everything? Is I mean, it's like the military, right? Is that is that how it is? How, when I when I went there, the uh, the sheriffs barely left, and it was a bad name they had. The sheriffs had a name that they were just doing wrong things, like rubbing off people's tattoos with um, uh, sandpaper. What? It was crazy. It was nuts. They At some, boot camp? Yeah, boot camp. Uh, yeah, over there Damn. at Tascacita Road by the state jail. Yeah, man, they tortured us in there, man. So, so uh, Harris County Jail sent me to boot camp while I was in high school, and then, and then it was for a dirty UA. And then it was just straight military uh, soldier stuff. Like you earn the green camouflage. First, you're looking like Barney because you got these purple shirts <laughs> with green sh- with green pants, and they call you the Barney Barracks because you know you're, you're barely brand new. So it was like a 90 day program, and, and then you work your way up to get that to graduate and and march and and have the have the American flag and salute arms. And it was just straight military people that, that went to war. So they were already fucked up in the head coming right. here, treating us all fucked up. You know what I mean? And after, after you got out of the boot camp, mm-hmm. um, I mean, well, how did that affect you? Did you feel like, oh, man, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to change my life. Or were you just like, man, these motherfuckers, I'm going to even. I was, 18. I-, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I decided I got my GED while I was there. But I didn't graduate high school, but I felt like I had to graduate. So I went back to Hastings. I went, I went back to school trying to get my diploma. But when I got there, uh, all the classes I had, uh, everybody was just young, younger than me. 
Right. I felt old as hell in, in that in that class, in every class because I was old. I was trying to go back, and I just stopped that, and I started working in the meat department by my neighbor house, neighborhood. It's That's called right. Randall's. You became a butcher. I became a butcher, man. I decided to drop out and become a butcher. <laughs> how the hell did that happen? How did, how did you just become a butcher? Well, well, when I got out of boot camp, I knew that, I mean, I was in great condition. I, I, was a, I couldn't stop running. So I was running to the other side of the neighborhood. Everything I was doing was running. Exercising was gr- great. Running was just feeling good for me. And uh, so I got me a job at Randall's as a sacker right here on uh, West Belfort and Kirkwood. And I was a sacker, and, and, and minimum wage was like four twenty five during that time. And then the meat guys used to come pick up the, the meat that the, reg, the, the customers did, didn't want, so they left oh, at okay. the register. And I, and I got cool with one of them, and I said, hey, dude, uh, how much you get paid an hour? He was like, $9. I said, damn, so I'm making $4, and I wanted to make 9 or 10 I'm like, okay. I talked to the manager. I said, sir, I'm 18. Can I get that job position? Sure you can. Go. You're a good worker. So I was just making, like that. Just like that. So from $4, I went to $7. I thought that was great. I was like, man, that's what's up. You almost doubled up. Yeah. So I was like, cool, cool. I'm over here just cleaning cleaning the saws. That they, <laughs> you know what I mean? All the saws, they, 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 you know, when you cut the T-bones at and pork chops, I was washing the machine, the equipment, soaking it, then rinsing it. Uh, customer service, they want a quarter pound of beef or, or a pound of chicken or whatever. And you, and you never had an issue with, with uh, cutting up dead animals? That never getting the meat and cutting it, the blood, none of that bothered I mean, you? Not really. It was just blood. <laughs> I've seen blood, you know, and blood was on me. But, yeah, you know, so, so, so maybe uh, I mean, your previous a, life kind there, of, there were previous. Piece, there were pieces of, 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 of cow parts and boxes. That's why I look at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a that good way. That scare me. Definitely a good way of looking at it. Um, okay, so then. We did the boot camp. We did, we're cutting the meat up. Um, during that time, um, when you, you do, you're doing the, 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 you're a butcher, did you kind of, did you kind of leave that life of, of, you know, selling drugs and using drugs after you got a boot camp for a little while? Or did you kind of fall back into it as time progressed? I, I was, I, I was, I was a good boy when I got out, but as time passes, I was fucking up. But you went back to the same neighborhood, right? I was back to the same neighborhood, back to back around the same, same friend, people, but, same yeah. everything, same environment. So I, I stayed after boot camp. I started fucking up, and I said, "Just you know, I was just young, dumb, full of cum. It's just just having fun. I wasn't worried about my future, which I should have just got went to college and got a skill, a degree, right? Or or, or run a business, or just went you know just educate myself. I didn't educate. I dropped off at tenth grade." You know what I mean? So that was pretty fucked up for leaving me. Not graduating. That felt bad. But I had my GED. You know, so I was right on my GED, trying to just working at meat departments, hoping, hopefully to becoming a butcher to get paid a lot. Which really, really, I, I, I was stupid thinking because being a butcher, you know, you ain't going to get rich being a butcher. You know, you get by, you know, some of the meat managers make $30 an hour. But there was no future in the meat department, man. You can't, you know, there's no way to make a living. At least my, during that age, my position. So would it be safe, to, would it be safe to say that you didn't really have like any aspirations to do anything? You, you didn't really have goals in terms of like long-term goals like, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that? Actually, no, I was just trying to learn being a meat cutter, you know, and, and, and just, Movies was my thing. I used to love watching movies and just being meat cutter and just hang around the neighborhood and buddies and get fucked up. So I, you were, you know, you you said you got a boot camp. You went back to the environment, hanging out with your buddies, you know, uh, using drugs and all that. Um, h- how did that end up progressing? Right, you you you're in that environment. What what ended up happening as as time progressed? As time passed, man, you know, you start like getting introduced to harder shit. Um, and then you know, doing cocaine, you know, and then the girls, the buddies, everybody was just doing drugs. You know, I mean, how can you not? I mean, I just get off work, I get in the car, and people are just getting coked up and just high, whatever the fuck they're doing on X. It was just the thing to do. Right. It was just the music uh, during that time that was out. DJ Screw was out. Um, SPM was running the streets. I mean, them them two or three was was like 
basically com uh, controlling the music waves in Houston because that's whenever it was, you know, DJ Screw was DJ Screw. Oh yeah, R.I.P. I mean, yeah, rest in peace. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 also think about think about what that music was saying, right? Like it's it's funny because, uh, you know, I grew up I grew up on rap. Mm -hmm. I'm the first tape I ever had uh, was Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. And, um, you know, I was really small. I was in elementary. My uncle came down from Chicago because my grandma was tired of his shit. So he sent him down to uh, Houston and uh, he was here for a little while. And then he left, but he forgot his, his Sony tape deck with Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, in it, <laughs> which was like amazing, right? It's a great, a great uh, album. Yeah, it was. Um, then I started listening to rock and roll. Mm. And I was really big into Nirvana. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, you know grunge music in general. Mm. And you know, being in A Leaf, having mm. all these friends, Screw was around, right? You can't, you can't, you can't ignore Screw. So my buddy, he would always get in the car and play Screw music, and I was like, man, this shit fucking sucks, bro. Like it's so slow and mm. blah blah. You know, I, I don't, you know. And he would always trick me. He'd be like, oh. Let me play just one song, mm -hmm. and he would put it on June twenty seventh. Oh, that shit. motherfucker is like fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah. But um, the only <laughs> the only time I could really jam it was when I was high. Exactly. You know, I would be like, "Man, fuck it, man! All right, light that bitch up, man! We smoke a fatty." And all of a sudden, you know, like smoking sm music. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely smoking music. Definitely an enabler, right? Definitely something that that triggers getting fucked up. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Screw talking about. Sipping syrup. I mean, talk about sipping syrup. Were you sipping syrup when, when that was a thing? Yeah, actually, actually, that was... Uh, it was cheap was back then, very right? Very fucking cheap because I had homeboys that were having boxes of this shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to name no names, no, you know not, what I mean? Let's not incriminate. No, we're not going to put nobody out there, but I had homeboys that right in the back of their car, they had like gowns of this shit, like yeah. boxes. I'm like, really, you fucker? You know, because... I guess the system wasn't really catching on yet. So Not anybody, yet, yeah. So everybody had their ac access to to doctors that, that give them prescriptions. You know what I mean? And, and it was just it a, was just it, wide open. Wasn't it was it? it was wide open. It was like come and get it, and everybody went to get it. You know, like um, I mean, how easy was it to get to get drink? Right, in it was, those it, days? I, hey man, it was like down the street. I gotta make a phone call. Drop it. Well, off wasn't there like a pharmacist down the street? I'm missing it. There was a fucking pharmacist. It was right pharmacists there? everywhere. So basically, uh, an ace was like ten dollars. <sighs> you know, uh, now I don't know how much they, it goes for, but for what I heard. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, man. I wasn't really a big sipper, but I, I did enjoy, you know, having a couple of lean with some Jolly Ranchers, you know, and just fucking just be leaning. And you and, and you and you brought it up, man. Uh, you know, the having cases of this shit, cases of boxes. drinks, box boxes. Um, I knew I knew some of the same people, and uh, I mean that that shit was insane. And 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 th this motherfucker that I knew made made the the Houston Chronicle. You know, he was in there, <laughs> got popped for over a million dollars of pharmaceuticals. He had pharmacists on the payroll. He had doctors on the payroll. I mean, that was crazy. You know, I mean, I kind of I kind of got into that that aspect of the game kind of later. I mean, I was still in it early enough to where I I had uh, a, a nurse on payroll, um, so I had a access to prescription pads. She'd be like, "Give me the name and a birth date and a social, and boom, give me a hundred bucks, and here's a script, mm -hmm. you know." And I'd take that prescription. I'd, you know, fucking run to anywhere H E B or some just little mom and pop pharmacy and get that get those pills, man. Get the pills, get the drink. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, we're known as as a uh, you know, fucking the pill capital of the world at that time, right? Uh, the city of drink. City of drink. City of syrup. City of syrup, man. You um, know. There was just the whole movement of that. You, you know? caught it right when it was popping, though. Man, huh? I, I I caught the 80s part of it, too. Remember, when I was in middle school, it was gangster shit, but at the same time, in fifth grade, like, skateboarding was big. So I caught in the middle of the 80s going into the mid-90s and going to the 90s. Uh, Late 90s into the thousands, that's whenever it was kind of big, like the late 98, 97, you know, it was kind of where I was introduced to more things. Um, but yeah, I, 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 me and you were involved and it was in the mix. It's hard to be out of there, to not be part of the soup, you know, you're in the sauce. 
There's no way you, you, you were not part of the sauce. You know what I mean? Even though you didn't want to, you were part of the sauce if you lived in Southwest, A-Leaf. You know, I'll tell you one thing, man. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but like for me, yeah, the money was cool. Like I, I definitely enjoyed having the money. But for me, you know, it was it was more about the respect. It was more about showing up to the party and being like, oh, shit, Vic's here. Vic's here. Oh, shit. Vic, what, Vic, what you got, man? What you got yeah. for me, man? You know, and and, and I, it was, it was kind of like I call it like the Scarface mentality, mm-hmm. you know, like that lifestyle of, of, of being the fucking man, yeah, yeah. of having everything. The plug. Yeah, being the plug. And and, and, it's, and it's not like, I'm not going to say that that I didn't have any friends, that I wasn't I wasn't a very, like, super popular kid, but, I mean, I was funny, so people liked me. So I don't think I did it because I needed friends or mm-hmm. I needed the attention. But I, maybe it was a little bit because of the attention. I've always been a class clown. Mm-hmm. I've always liked making people laugh. So having that, you know... I guess kind of persona, right, of being the fucking man. Um, that was more of my attraction to it. What, what was what was was it you, for you? Was it more of like the friends, or did you do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Of of, of like because you you get the girls, right? You you got the money, like all that comes with it, right? Man, I was just having fun. I wanted to fuck pussy, get my dick sucked. <laughs> I wanted to fucking support my drug habit. You know what I mean? I, I was just having fun. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't at that at eighteen seventeen. You weren't really thinking about bills. Yeah, that's and, true. And shit like that, you know. So I was just chasing pussy and and just getting just chasing fucked, that next chasing time, pussy huh? and getting again fucked up and going to work, right? And do it all over the next day. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't worried about my future. It was like a like know? a fucking endless cycle, man. I, I was having fun. So, as uh, as most people who continue this type of destructive behavior where where did this ultimately lead you it led me to a bad record and not being able to find a good job you know so i started growing up man and realizing that hey you know what skill do i have am i valuable i'm still in the meat department until my boy hector got me a job working for a wellhead company that really changed things up because i left park lynn and i went to uh, katie and once I went to Katie, I was trying to find me cutting jobs, but I went to the kitchen. But that right there, that opportunity, what Hector did, gave me a job working in the oil field. Well, that was my way out through the, out the neighborhood, living uh, with my people. It was like 2010, but it was it was. I had no skill. I was I, I have nothing. That life. I it, I had nothing to show for because so for so long I was just chasing this high of like girls and drugs and this and that. But what happens when you get older? You know, yeah. I didn't have I didn't go to school, so I, I decided to go to school. Once I got laid off from that job, I was working at the wellhead. That my boy Hector, appreciate it, Hector. Well, that you know all that help you got me to get that job. But once I got laid off that job. I was like, I came home. I was like, damn, I'm a fucking loser. What do I fucking have? No, no, uh, just a bullshit GED. I have nothing. So I felt that it was depressing, man. What What would you say was your ultimate low point from right there, right there, right there? Because uh, I was making uh, from meat department money. I was making what what three hundred dollars a week, four hundred. But when I got that job with Hector, I started making eight hundred, nine hundred a week. 700 overtime when I was a slave. So once I was making that kind of money, I was like, wow, okay, this is different. This is not meat department money. So when I was making that good money for, for a few years, I got laid off and that broke my heart. And then I said, damn, where am I going to go back to bullshit meat department? You know, the oil field was doing bad. So everybody was getting laid off. I did the barrel of oil was under $30. So it was a whole bunch of layoffs. So I was part of it. So I came home. I was like, man, fuck, what to do? What to do? So I was like, fuck it. Let me just go to film school. Let me try to go back and go to college. Okay. At, at ACC. So what what made you choose uh, film school? Like what, what, what decided you to pursue that? Film school was a something for me that something that was in me since I was a kid. Um Whenever we, my dad used to take us on trips to Mexico, we used to get hotels or 
we go to, you know, just travel and we get hotels. And, and my favorite show was a HBO a movie magic. And it showed how uh, Ghostbusters were made. And it was made by a miniature town. And it was just all toys, Puff Man. And just watching how movies were made. But what you when you watch a movie, you're you're so manipulated because of what you see. It looks so real. The story, the way they set up, the makeup, whatever. That right there was like, wow. So this, they do. How do they do that? My question is, growing up, I always loved it for some reason. I'm, just, I'm wanting to be an actor in, in, in elementary, but um, my dad took us to uh, Faces International, me and my brother, to be actors. Rest in peace, Dad. I lost him about a couple of years ago, but um, love you, Dad. Um, so he took us to Faces International when we were elementary, but. It was always in me until I said, fuck it, let me just actually do it. And that's when I decided to go and do it because I love the way how you manipulate what you see when you watch a movie. How the fuck did they do that? How? The makeup, the blood, everything. You know, it's just it's just great stories, you know, and, and um, that was always in me since a, uh, a kid. Fascinated. So it, w- it was something that you always wanted to do, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. And you, we could say that you kind of got sidetracked because of all the, all the shit going around, uh, going on around you and and your friends the and your environment. I'm gonna call it the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, um, that serves as like a template, as inspiration, as uh, something that you can use in film, right? Like you, you have a. You've seen things, you've done things, you've been a part of things that not everyone has, that a lot of people haven't, right? Most people, you always, they're like, oh, have you seen this movie about, you know, the you know shows like The Wire, shows like Sopranos, you know, these shows about drug dealers and murderers and this, that, and, you know, uh, violent things, things that people don't want to be, but they sure enjoy watching it, right? Yeah. So... You wouldn't be able to tell the stories you are going to tell now had you not lived that life, right? Correct. Um, filmmaking is, a, is, a, is just something real difficult to do. I thought it'd be a lot easier than that. And, um, <laughs> I thought it'd be a lot easier? I thought about, I, I wanted to make a movie. I was going to be a good cinematographer. I got it going on. I have the eye. That's what I was thinking, which I do have the eye. No, but, you you had you I've, you know I've seen your work. Uh, no, thank you. For those of you who haven't, what what's your Instagram? My Instagram is Certified Vision at Certified Vision, uh, EE Productions. Definitely check that out, folks. I recommend it. The man does good work, and that just kind of just like you didn't you didn't practice too much, right? Like you were you you went to school and and then you immediately just jumped in, right? I, I just I went to school. I didn't know how to work a camera. I didn't know how to do shit. But go to school, you know, and I met people in there that have cameras. And, and when I looked at their work on the computer and I saw that picture, I was like, holy shit, dude. I said, this looks fucking professional. I said, damn, I want my fucking pictures looking like this. I said, dude, man, what kind of cameras? I started asking questions. Then I started learning the software, how you can just paste and cut your own images when you record some on video. You know, it was Premiere Pro. So I was going to ACC um, for film, getting my associates for it. So I had to learn. I didn't know nothing about computers. I didn't know nothing about cameras, but I just jumped in it because I wanted to learn. So from right there, I just from me just meeting people there really got me uh, started because I wanted to do it bad. I wanted to be a video guy. You know what I mean? I, I won an award um, in film school for... Uh, best short clip or or best short film whatever it was it, i got an award i was sitting at the house my first my first award and and i just got there how did that make you feel that made me feel good because i got the it was like a like an oscar man I, man whenever <laughs> i went to the to the to to, to uh, the, the awards uh, they hold they hold it there for like every every you know year that for for uh, for students that participated and and did their work and showed their projects and you know you get called up and you like hey you're saying like a little speech I was all nervous and shit but still it was cool because it was that's my heart uh, I love doing film you know and I had a DSLR and, and I wanted to do a King Sierra my friend 
on Facebook was like, I need, I need a photographer, videographer. And I said, Hey, uh, I could do your job. Um, what do you need? She said she needed a, a 15 to be done. I said, yeah, I could do it, which I hired. I got my boy, Jesus, uh, I went to film school with and I saw his work. I used his work to get the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, so we met up at a Starbucks, me, Jesus and, and that girl, she came and my homeboy, I was like, man, show her the work, man. And, and we just get the work. And she saw his work. It was not, not my work. <laughs> it was not work. I didn't know how to be. I didn't even own a camera. You know, but yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. To yeah, the so door, right? so she said, "Yeah, okay, well, you're hired. Uh, how much? How much will it be?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" I said, "Okay, um, first quinceanera, first gig. Uh, give me fifteen hundred dollars." And she fucking gave me half of that right then and there. I was like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Damn, okay." And I got some time to buy me a camera. I was like, "Okay, I got time." I got. I said, "Shit!" I started YouTube and saying, "Man, what kind of cameras do, does?" The job, what do I, what brand, what it does, and I and I had to do a quinceanera in like in two weeks. I had no camera, I didn't know how to use one, nothing. <laughs> so I just jumped in it. That's you the, know I mean, what I mean? Damn, I, mean, I went to Best Buy and financed it. I, I, you're one of those people. Oh fuck, it, I don't know how to swim. Why don't you jump in the water? Huh? <laughs> I was nervous as fuck, man. I, I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about these this quinceanera. I don't want to fuck up. You know what I mean, and but I had a good partner that could, that could, like guide me, so I got me this camera and, I, and and it was the recent Canon Mark IV. It was it just released and I and I needed my lens and it wasn't gonna show on time show up on time, but then it did and I ended up using it for that night, and um, and ever since then, uh, people were like, okay, I want a Kinsieta for what they seen. Now let me ask you this. Um when you were uh, learning, did they kind of give you, uh, would you say when you, like you have a good eye, would you say you kind of just freestyled that or did you actually go, oh, I need to get this sh- sh- angle or I need to get this angle or did you just kind of just go, man, you know what? I like this. I'm going to do this. My, well, my thing is I'm going to do what I want. My angles, my ways. And, and, and I have, uh, you know, thanks to, to LSD when I was growing up trying <laughs> that drug. LSD brought me to a different level. So you were around when they had the good stuff. Though. Oh, man. It was some uh, $5 a hit. It was called Blue Shield. We went to Randall's. I was with Daniel. And a couple of white boys were like, you know, we want to buy some acid. And I was like, yeah, man, how much? $5? Okay, okay. Piece of paper. <laughs> it was a piece of paper. And and I put it in my mouth and um, let it dissolve, whatever the fuck, eat it. And then like 30 minutes later, I, I didn't feel it. So I went back to Randall's and I saw him. I was like, hey, man, I want my $5 back, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't feel nothing. He looked at my eyes. I was like, nah, man, wait, give it another hour. So I said, all right. So I went home, staying there and just sitting in my room. And then and then my mom walks in and I'm just watching TV and I just started laughing. <laughs> I, had, I had no control over it. Like, I was like, what the fuck? So I just started laughing. And then I, and I'm, I'm pointing to the TV because my mom was like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, ah. Then she just left, and I just started fucking just laughing my ass off, laughing, laughing my ass off, and then and then laughing my. I mean, it was crazy because the wall was like breathing. It shit started melting, huh? And, and not melting, but it was like breathing. Oh yeah, LSD. Yeah, so it was yeah. like gas. It was fumes. It was fumes. I saw like you know when you pump gas, you see the fumes. Yeah. It was like that, and then you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're like, damn, you're ugly. And the yes, veins, yeah, the, the veins, veins were, the, the veins, veins were like yeah. sticky. I mean. Very, very noticeable. Very trippy. Um, yeah, I had plenty of acid trips. That was that was a, a trip. But yeah, so so that's what gave me my vision, my outlook, because I broke into the other side. You know, <laughs> I, I did. Just like a Morrison, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I love that. I love that movie by the Doors by by uh, Oliver Stone. What? No, you said you love that movie by, and I was uh, just Oliver Stone. Well, um, what was that? Who, who played Val Kilmer? There you go. Awesome movie. He looks just like him too. Hey, I love that movie. <laughs> hey, can you believe the what was that movie? Rocket Man? Not Rocket Man. Oh, uh, the guy uh, from from Queen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about the okay. guy that the guy that played Freddie Mercury. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you see, you see that movie was good, but the Doors with Val Kilmer. Yeah, no, he, that. yeah, no, he. I mean, he killed it, right? I, I, it was so. The movie, the Doors, was so beautiful. You know, and that and that's funny. You you bring up acid, right? Um, you know, I I, I I dabbled with it. You know, I I, uh, I definitely I don't know how many times I've done it, but I, I, it's been definitely at least over a handful of times. And 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 you know what they I think they say, 
um, after three trips of acid, you're 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 legally insane, right? And I don't I don't know how true that is. I mean, I don't think I'm insane. I've definitely done it more than three times, but um, I I definitely don't see everything the same way. I th- I think you're right when, like I I think I remember um, uh, when I I you know I've, I got, I I kind of dabble in videography and photography as well, and I remember one of my first photo shoots, um, I was with some it was it was a uh, me. And like three other guys, but these guys went to school. They went to U of H. Like they had degrees in this shit. And I, of course, didn't. I, I didn't go to school. I had never taken a class on this shit. And, uh, you know, we got like two models. We're at, we're at this place. They were, you know, taking pictures. And they, they pretty much, because they went to school for it, they pretty much were kind of doing a lot of the same kind of shots, on the same angles. And I was like, man, I don't. I'm just gonna do whatever. And you know, I'm I'm on I'm on my belly taking crazy yeah, shots, yeah. doing all sorts of because I've seen through the hallucinations. I've mm-hmm. seen what can't be produced in the real world, right? Because when you're on acid, what you're watching is not the real world. It, well, kind of, but it's 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 uh, this this you know hallucination that's happening, and just like movies. Movies are not the real world. Movies are are an illusion, and and we kind of have a little heads up on these people, right? Because we we've been there, like we've been in a movie. Mm-hmm. We're tripping on, we're tripping balls, man. That shit's that shit's crazy. Like I've had some pretty bad trips where I thought I thought I was in hell, or I thought I was in another dimension. Yeah. You, you ever have a bad trip? Yeah, I had a bad trip. Oh, uh, it it was it was making me laugh for like ten minutes. I couldn't stop stop. I mean, I to was, the point where it was kind of hurting, huh? Yeah, I couldn't stop. Everything was just laughing, laughable. I mean, I didn't want to laugh, but it, it just <laughs> forced me to laugh for a good ten minutes, and then it went away. But then it was like eight hours. So that was just like everything's a, everything's a fucking movie. It was, it was just a dimension that is like not. I mean, you're sober, and then you're just on acid. It's just a complete different world because you know you're you're more like aware like your senses are just like yeah zzz, yeah you're buzzing you're your, buzzing your your eyes are all dilated your your, your your mind is controlling it's like it's like you're trying to control minds it was like more of a mind thing I, it's almost like it's it's unlocking like a, a hidden door in your brain right and you're kind of just peeking in like hey what's in here and it's just yeah i, I completely agree um so you you did the quinceanera kind of your first gig um what what happened after that did you end up getting some more gigs what what well, how did how did that ca- your career start growing yeah i got a couple of quinceaneras after that after my first one she liked it and then she wanted me to do her wedding but after before the wedding i did another quinceanera that was decent and i still use my homeboys uh actually we used my that my first gig that we both did together i did the video he did the pictures and my, and 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 he edited and everything. So the second job, I was like, "Come on, man, let's let's do it. I got another gig. Let's go." So we did another quinceanera. Then I did her wedding. So when I did the wedding, uh, after that, it slowed down a bit because I wanted to do more video. But then nothing was. It was kind of slow. But I have a video camera that takes pictures. So I was thinking, like, you know, what the fuck? No video works coming in. Hey, let me become a photographer. Let me buy a speed light. Let me take pictures and then. That is whenever I got a little bit more um, exposure and people starting to see, you know, who Eric is, Certified Vision is, because uh, I, I decided to be a photographer from a video guy to, to pictures, you know. And I mean, the camera was just sitting there. I was not using it. I was like, fuck. But uh, Speedlight was like $400. And I, I was like, man, fuck it. If this is what it's going to take to get me more money, Respect, I'll get it. So I ended up buying two of them, 400 apiece, Speedlight from Canon. And then from there, I started just showing people my work, like photography. And I want, and, and it was Screwfest on, on Facebook. They were like, hey, we need, we need photographers, we need videographers, uh, show us your work, this and that. So I gave them a message, gave them a few pictures. They didn't say this. They didn't say nothing. They ignored me for a while, but then I started taking more pictures and I started, you know, just feeding them my pictures and then one day they were like come on here you, here's your ticket you get a free ticket to get in you could be on stage and you could take pictures and, and videos for us i said wow they ain't without getting paid so now i'm on the stage with lil kiki esg lil flip and big pokey 
You know what I mean? I'm H Town Legends. Exactly. So I'm on stage with these dudes, and I'm like, I'm like shaking hands with Papa Rue. You know, he was with uh, Cash Money. You know, Lil Wayne, and, and I met Papa Rue on stage, and then I took pictures that night, and I did a little bit of video. I met Lil Flip. I met all of them. I was on stage, like you know, I, I was just tapping them on their shoulders. That's how close I was to them, you know. Um, so I decided to. F- to fix the pictures and send it in, send them to the people that hired me, Victor, that, that threw a screw fest. And then I did a video just because I had, I want, I mean, I didn't expect to make a video out of it, but I took video of it, of the concert. Might as well, you're there, right? Yeah, yeah, just to document it. And then when I came home and I said, you know what? Let me fucking put this shit together. Let me put this thing together. Let me see what I could come up with. And then once I put that video up and I put it on Instagram, People started reaching out to me and saying, hey, okay, what's up? You're good. I said, damn, I didn't expect that because, you know, nobody knew who I was until I did Screwfest. When I did Screwfest, that's when people started reaching out to me. And then I started getting, meeting different people like Hiati. He was working for 97.9. Now he ain't on there right now. That's my boy put me on a lot of concerts. We used to go, any artists that, that were in Houston, Kiati was linked in. I wanted to get with with Travis Scott. It was he was really hard to touch and get to because that's Travis Scott. Right. But uh in Houston, like like uh like you know, the locals, you know, that we know, um, like Maxo Cream, I was on stage with Maxo Cream, um, D Flowers, I made Ray J from um Kim Kardashian, the one that made the movie. Um, I even met the mayor. I mean, it was just from Kiati because he seen my work in that video I did for for Screwfest. You know, it's funny you say that. You you see this this thing on Facebook. Screwfest is about to happen. You submit some photos. You don't hear shit from them. You, you, but you weren't you weren't deterred. You weren't you weren't put back. You were like, you know what? I like doing this. I'm gonna keep doing it. And you kept on sending the photos, and look what happened. Like they they ended up calling you and be like, hey man, you got good work. Come on. Yeah. It, it, so it, it it was that drive, right? You you just had that passion, and that's that's what it takes, right? The only way you're gonna get big is is you you gotta want it, and you had to show them like, hey, I, I want this. This this is what I want to do. I, and and do you even like when you're doing it? It's it's not work, right? Like you you're you're enjoying every moment, aren't you? I mean, you were fucking on stage with your heroes. Man, these uh, this this it is not work. I'm just hanging out, snapping pictures and doing a video. I'm having fun. That doesn't feel work. Well, unless I'm behind, unless when I get home and I gotta edit it. Oh, the editing. The just editing sucks is, ass, you right? know, I mean, you ain't gonna pay nobody to do your work, your shots, <laughs> you know. So you start picking your angles and do your own editings, and that's what I do right now. But yeah, um, it was. It's 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 not work at all to me. It's just fun. It's playtime to me. So you did you did screw fest. That's that's what kind of put you on. Um, I'm assuming that kind of what kind of opportunities, what kind of doors did that open up for you? When I did Screwfest, I, I got plugged in with with the people that threw it through the Screwfest. So he asked me to do other gigs, like open mic check shows, and and then he asked me to come out to the address and take pictures of gates. And he just started telling me, "Hey, come over here and come over there." At the same time, Kiati um, was I, I was friends with him because of Sam, Super Sam, the one exclusive furniture. The one that said, where Lopez live. <laughs> yeah, he has like eight stores in Houston, big old stores. And I went to high school with him, but I reached out to him on Facebook. And I was like, hey, man, you know, let me do some work for you, man. Let me show you what I got. I got a drone. I just got one. Let me use it. And that was an opportunity that, that really opened up more doors, too. He was like, come on, do what you can. So I went to his store. He gave me an opportunity. I did the drone work. Then he started hiring me to do family photos. Now I'm part of his marketing team. You know what I mean? Um, I'm there doing like little little shots of his furniture. Promotional work. Basically. Yeah, stuff like that for his uh, his Facebook and Instagram, social media type. Now, that's that's obviously a little bit different than doing like, you know, music videos or, uh, you know, shooting concerts and stuff like that. But um, it still kind of helps the eye, right? It still kind of helps you. Um, it, it's, it's a different element, but... It, it still kind of helps you in your overall development as as a as a photographer and a filmmaker, right? It's all experience. 
Right. You know, and no matter what what job it is, if it's take if it, whatever photography it is, whatever video it is, I'm gonna go for it. I'm a, I'm not gonna turn it down. Now let me ask you this, man: if you don't find your love of photography, videography, if you don't go down that path, where do you think you end up? I hope not the meat department. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the department because you know what? You know, I'm on stage with these artists like Maxo Cream. Like I said, that was so cool. And, and and just going back to meat department, even though I like cutting meat, and that's cool to me. Knowing my cuts of meat, and and then I can go to a like you know a butcher shop, and I could pick out the best steaks that I see. Most people just pick that out. I don't know, but me, I, I mean, I do you what I like. You, yeah, you got the experience. Yeah, you know and, and 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 I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not gonna stop because I got some more equipment coming in. Because one day I want to make a movie. That's my whole goal is just is to make a film, and, short film. And you 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 brought it up. That was that was going to be my next point. Like what, what is what is the, the the future goals, the the three, the five year plan? So you mentioned you want to make a movie. Full length, short film. What, what do you want to do, man? To be honest, man, it. it I thought it'll be a lot easier before before I went to film school. I was thinking, yeah, you go there and press a button, record, and that's it. It's it's a whole different animal. It's isn't it? a whole. It's like mechanics. Shh. You know, you're gonna go to a mechanic to fix your car because you can't really do everything yeah, in the car. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But I like that. I like mechanics, but. So same thing with filmmaking. You gotta know the camera. You gotta know the lights. You gotta know the the, the, the audio. It's it, it, that's why you see the 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 the, the credits. So many, so many people because that's what it takes to make a movie. You know, investors. You know, where are you gonna get the money? Everything's fucking cash to make a movie. You yeah, know I mean? it, you got a, a, a you got a point. I mean, I remember the first uh, short film that I shot. <laughs> I mean that that thing was like. I don't know, like four minutes long, but it took two days, two days to do four minutes of video mm. because we, I mean, we didn't, we didn't know, like I didn't know. Mm. And I had some, some pretty knowledgeable people around me, but it was for this, uh, 48 hour film contest that they, that they have mm. this international competition. It was the first time I'd ever, um, and you know, it was funny at the time I was, uh, the girl I was dating, she was like, like. I used to always talk about it because people who talk about what they're going to do are people that aren't going to do it. Like, don't don't sit here and tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. You know, just do it. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. And then tell me what you did. So I would always talk about, you know, one day, you know, I bought this badass camera. I had this, you know, somewhat of some some equipment. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I guess she just got tired of hearing it. She's like, when? When are you going to do it? You've been talking about it for a year or a year now. Like, when are you going to do it? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, I have been talking about it. She's like, you know what? Enter a contest. So then you're going to have to do it because you got only 48 hours to do it. And then, you, and then you'll see. Then you'll see what it takes. So I was like, okay. So I entered this contest, and uh, it was just going to be me and my buddy Cheese. Shout out to Cheese. He's been on the mm. podcast twice. What's up, Cheese? Um, <laughs> cheddar cheddar and it was funny because i was like it was just me and him and i was like dude like how the fuck are we gonna pull this off like you got one guy holding the camera so what you're gonna have just one dude behind the camera and uh luckily that contest had like a forum where you could like reach out to other people and so i just put out a, a post and i was like hey um i need help like I need people, I need actors, I need uh, audio guys, I need something, I need, I need this. So one guy responded, and he was like, "Hey man, I'd like to be a part of your team. Uh, let's meet up." I'm like, "Cool." And then he was like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna bring like two other." He was an actor. I'm like, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring like two other actors with me." I was like, "Cool." I'm like, "Shit, cheese." Now it's me, you, and th now we got five people. So we meet up. And one of the people that he brought, of uh, this chick, she had a boyfriend, and he was a uh, cinematographer. And so now we're like six people. I'm like, cool. And now you got, I got a guy holding the camera. And then he knew a couple guys. And then all of a sudden, it was like eight of us. I was like, god damn. 
So we meet up at my apartment uh, the night before uh, we're going to, because basically the way the 48 hour film context works so that no one can like prepare. They don't, they don't give you, they don't give you the, the genre. They don't give you uh, like, you have to say a certain line in the film. There's like, you have to use a certain prop and they don't give you that until like 7 PM on a Friday. And you have till 7 p.m. on Sunday to turn in the finished product, yeah. which is ridiculous. You you know what I'm 48 hours. So, and so we're and so then we you know we get together and we kind of we we get all the all the uh, what we have to use, what line we have to use, what we have to do, and we're like trying to write the script, and that we were, I mean we're up to like three in the morning because we you know when you have so many people giving their input, it's kind of hard to to settle on one thing, right? And finally, we settled on something. The next day, we shot. We shot that weekend. And uh, let me tell you something. That was an eye-opening experience. Like that really showed me, like, man, like this, this is hard. Filmmaking is very hard. This is this is this has a lot of variables, and I that I did not know existed. You yeah, know, tell me about it. So, do you have an idea? Well, let me ask you this: Do you have any upcoming projects that you're upcoming projects? Anything could pop up. Um, right now, I'm working with this guy named Jay that I grew up with. Um, he bought himself a Lamborghini. Ooh, so nice. We, yeah, so we're using him as a prop. So, so I got some gear coming in because eventually I want to make a short film and then make a few uh, a feature film. But right now, I'm just gonna get that all the experience that I need. I'm getting some tools coming in so I can start mastering my craft because um i just want to make a, a nice short film like a really crazy so, part. something you're just like something that i know some, about what you, i went through in right. life but it, what's crazy to me is that with technology uh with, with with technology you can make something that looks like it should be in a theater right yeah actually yes uh it, but it takes money um a lot of money Actually, you know, if you get investors to give you a million dollars or two million dollars, maybe five million dollars, because a lot of it, it it goes into distribution, you gotta pay for that. But uh, like, but without like, even but without even getting into that, I mean, I don't think it takes that much money just to like make a little well, short film, right? Well, well, the movie saw they were like on a, on a million two dollar two million dollar budget budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much. Let me see. They were on a, they they were on a, on a budget, right? A right. really short budget. Let me. See. But look, I mean, this was like uh, in the nineties when they did the Blair Witch Project, and that shit was like twenty thousand dollars. I did not like that one. I thought it was terrible as well, but it made over a hundred million dollars. So there you go. Okay, well, Saw was on a budget of one point one point two million. One point two million just. To start to have, you know how much money they made. Shit, I mean that's a that's a damn franchise. Exactly because what they did was from a, a story. If you know how to tell a story, and you have all the pieces of audio, cinematography, story, trust me, with a good story, you can't lose. No, you're right. You, I mean, you know what I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want it to be look really, really shitty because then people are gonna look away. But yeah, uh, having that good story, it kind of allows everything to kind of fall into place, right? It, it, that's where it starts, right? That's why the first thing you do is you gotta write the script. It, it's it's right with the script, and then and then the scheduling, and then having investors to invest in you. Like I said, all of the uh, uh, saw it took one point two million, and now they. I don't know how many hundreds of millions they made from it. The yeah. profit of that. If you have a bright idea and a great story and anything, the bright, the sky's limit. So what's, I know you got to take a piss as you, as you mentioned. Yeah, earlier. I got to piss. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it's getting late and uh, we, we can go ahead and wrap things up. But what, what, what message, like if, if you can kind of sum, summarize your experience and, and, and kind of your, your epiphany and, and, in, in, in discovering this path, what what do you think you would you would tell somebody who's, you know, maybe going down the wrong path as you once were, as you once did, as I once I was. did. So what what what's the message? What do you want to tell people? Like, hey, you know, take it from here. Um, see, when you when you're young, you're young, 
But when you grow up, you start maturing. You know, you're gonna get to that point that you may be sick and tired of being sick and tired of the problems, the jail, the the, the court fees, the courts, all this bullshit. So find something that you love to do, your passion, because every everybody has a hidden a hidden gift, and it just has to come out. Like I always wanted to do filmmaking, and I just wanted, and I decided to jump up and try to do it. You know, so. Anything that you love doing, do it. How long have you been doing it for? Um, I've been doing. I've been in film school since 2015, so I could say five years. But the pandemic right now, um, I was doing online, which I had to drop because I wasn't learning shit. Right. Really, you don't really learn shit in film school. To be honest with you, uh, you learn more out here dealing with with people that you go to film school and do projects with. Because in film school, I really don't learn too much. There's a lot that they don't show. You learn more on hands-on actually doing it, yeah. but no, five, go ahead. But yeah, but five years I was doing it. But my but my, my thing and say is this: uh, just don't give up, man. You know, it's, it's never too late to go chase a dream, and it's a dream of mine, and I'm gonna chase it. And and, and I wanna and it ain't it ain't for me. I want to make people laugh. I want to make them cry. I want them to be respected. I want them to feel good about themselves through through pictures and video. You know, so never give up on anything. Just ch- just just follow up. If you have a passion, get up and work on it. Well, like you were saying, it, it's kind of like you're you, with with film, with photography. It's kind of like you, you're giving people a little peek at, at your insight, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of of your experience. Kind of the it's a way of showing the world of hey, like this is this is what I've been through. This is this is what. What what I feel this this it's 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 an incredible tool to really um, explain your experiences, right? Basically, man, you know, it's all art to me. It's art, so I'm gonna con- continue to to chase a dream for the rest of my life. I don't want to do anything else besides. I'm not going back to the meat department. If I do, hey, it's just for part time. But <laughs> full time is is movie making. That's that's it. I'm going to let it kill me. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And I'm going to become a beast at it. I promise uh, one day I'm going I'm, I'm to create images and stories that people are going to be like, damn. It's going to come. Time. My time is coming. And everybody else has their time too. So never give up on your dreams. Keep chasing it every day because, uh, you know, it's all about effort. You put effort into it, anything's possible. Hey, man, I believe it. I believe it. Well, folks, uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, this this uh, this is a man who's been to trials and tribulations, been to the bottom, and now look at him in, in in such a short period of time. He's on stage with with great rappers, and he, he's he's uh, shooting music videos, and and like I mean, yeah, look at the man's work. The man's work speaks for itself. Um, just 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 remember, guys. Like it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, that that can just serve serve as a catalyst to to kind of propel you into the future right you you're, you're gonna you've taken those moments and you're gonna use those to produce and create incredible art right yes, sir. you know every, everyone always says you know oh, all great artists have been through a lot well i know you've been through a lot and uh your work is awesome and i appreciate it victor certified vision check them out at certified vision on instagram eric aka crook aka the new certified vision um thanks again buddy hey man hey peace and love man your boys stay safe (laughs) all right folks have a good one all right bye-bye